And good evening once again, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks so much for joining us once again on another edition of the Gridiron Graduates. I'm your man, Bill Rossetti, joining you as always. And my partner on the other side, of course, Mr. Ian Wharton. Ian, what is going on, my friend? Oh, man, things are good. I'm doing well. Appreciate it. Of course, we're winding down here in the season. We've got uh, just one championship weekend left for college football and then bowl games. And then we've got uh, uh, just about a little bit over a month here for NFL season. So it's, uh, it's that time of year, man. It's, where it's, a, it's a bittersweet time of the year because the best games of the year are being played. Um, but we're also, we don't have too much left. So just kind of gripping that reality. Yeah, I can't, I can't believe how fast the season's gone. I mean, it's already December, you know, how how fast this time went. I mean, we started this podcast back in June, so it's already been almost seven months for us. It's, cra- it's crazy how fast this went. Uh, so in a few weeks, we'll be talking draft and going through another long off season without football. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy it while we can. But yeah, like Ian said, uh, championship week this week. So I think we're going to go ahead and get started with that because uh, the college football ranks, of course, came out again this week. The next to last set, actually, before uh, the final weekend and then the final ranks come out on Sunday. So we'll kind of talk about where we stand now and some of the possibilities. So, of course, Clemson still sitting at number one. They're getting set for the ACC championship against North Carolina. Uh, Alabama at two. They take on Florida for the SEC championship. Oklahoma at three. They've already clinched the Big 12. Their season's done. And then you've got Iowa at four. And then the first team out is Michigan State at five. And, of course, those two play each other. And then there's the Buckeyes sitting at number six, lying in wait for something to mess up and for them to sneak back into the playoffs. Uh, and then Stanford, of course, plays for the Pac-12 title. They're sitting, I believe, at 7 or 9. No, that's right. Yeah, they're at 7. at 7, yeah. Yeah. Florida State's at 9. And Notre Dame's at 8. And then you've got North Carolina at 10. So, let's talk what could possibly happen. I think we're both in agreement that two of the spots are pretty set. I think we're... I think we're pretty sure that Oklahoma is going to be one of the playoff teams. And I think we're pretty sure whoever wins the Big Ten is going to be one of the playoff teams. Would you agree there? Oh, yeah, definitely. So now it's a matter of those other two spots. Obviously, if Clemson and Alabama win, they're in. So let's talk about what happens if they possibly lose. Let's say North Carolina beats Clemson. We talked about this possibility um, last week, North Carolina, you know, if they were to beat NC State, which they did, and beat Clemson, can they get into the playoff? Well, now we see where they're ranked at number 10. That's going to be a really high jump for them to make, to go from 10 to 4 if they beat Clemson. Um, do they still have any shot knowing now that they sit at number 10 and have to jump six spots to get to the playoff? I think they have a chance, but it's a long shot. They need a lot of help. Um, and and it's hard because there's not that many games being played. I, I suppose they need every favorite to lose. Um, so you, you probably need Michigan State to win. Um, I think you need, obviously you need Florida to beat Alabama, and you need 
obviously they need to beat Clemson, which is going to be a task in itself. But, um, you know, I think they have a chance, and, and especially a, a, if they can beat the snot out of Clemson, I mean, I think they're going to be a hard team to keep keep out because if it, even if Alabama wins, um, I just I think they're a good team. I mean, like I said, I think over the last month and a half or so, they, they've been a top 10 team without a doubt. And this time of the year, I mean, I'd rather see them in over Stanford. I'd rather see, and if UFC, if USC beats Stanford, that's another, uh, that's another big thing that'll help them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they have a chance just because last year, how we saw Ohio State jump, uh, the two Big 12 teams. Um, and even though, you know, coming off of a bye week, they, they've jumped those two teams. So, you know, I think it's possible. Uh, you just never know. Uh, I think they deserve a chance. They, they deserve that chance if they win, but um, it, it's it's not as likely as I think maybe it was, as we talked about last week. I was I was a little disappointed to see how low they were ranked. And then we mentioned your Buckeyes sitting at number six. They probably need either Clemson or Alabama to lose, and the question is. Can they still get in? Like, say one of those team lose, one of those two loses, and say even Stanford wins, you know, because now you got you compare two lost Pac-12 champion Stanford, who beat Notre Dame. Um, they have a conference championship. Um, versus a one-loss Ohio State team that, of course, didn't even play in the uh, in the Big Ten title game. What are their chances? I like their chances. I like their chances. Um, they need Michigan State to beat Iowa to take care of the any type of debate where it may be, you know, if Iowa beats Michigan State, well, then you have a debate between, well, Michigan State beat Ohio State. So, you know, that you don't want that discussion if you're Ohio State. You definitely want uh, Michigan State to win and because that will take care of Iowa. And then you also want – USC to beat Stanford just in case. Um, I don't think that's going to be – honestly, I think Ohio State makes it in over Stanford regardless if, if it's between the two. Uh, just because, again, you've got the defending champion. You've got uh, – again, it's not a two-loss team entering the playoff. I think that would just be too much controversy. I don't think they'd go that route. But then they, they definitely need either Alabama or Clemson to lose as well. So – you know, and, and again, I think those those odds aren't good, especially for Florida to beat Bama. But UNC, Clemson, there's there's a decent chance there. So Ohio State has, has an okay chance. I mean, do they deserve it? I mean, they could have beaten Michigan State at home. So I mean, I'm not, I mean, I don't think you can sit here and I know some people are complaining about Alabama being top five, and maybe so. I mean, a loss is a loss, no matter when it comes. You're definitely rewarded in college football if you lose early, which I'm not sure I agree with. Um, I think a loss is a loss, regardless. Um, Alabama really hasn't played anybody this year, and the only good team they play, only team with a good quarterback they played, they lost to. So, um, you know, it is what it is, though. And uh, I think the I think Ohio State will end up being on the outside looking in, though. And then I think they play, I think they may play Stanford, if I'm correct. When I was looking at the uh, the bowl projections, so they would go to the Rose Bowl and play Stanford. They very well could. Um... The Rose Bowl could certainly take Ohio State over whoever loses the Big Ten championship and pit them against Stanford. I think they'll just give it to the whoever loses between Iowa and Michigan State, but you know it certainly could be 
you know, even if, say, Ohio State finishes ahead of, you know, whoever loses, which I think is going to be Iowa. I think Sparty beats Iowa for the Big Ten and gets in the playoffs. So, say, you know, comparing Iowa, Iowa to Ohio State, Ohio State may finish ranked ahead of Iowa and may get the spot. Now, that would – now, Iowa will still, will still get a New Year's Six ball. I think you're pretty much looking yeah. at three Big Ten teams among the New Year's Six. You know, you're going to have the champion – in the playoff, you'll have a team in the Rose Bowl, and then you'll have someone playing in either the Fiesta or the Peach Bowl. It's an amazing reversal of what the uh, opinion was a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, we were sitting here talking, Big Ten is one of the worst Power Five conferences. Now they're going to be among the, we'll say, the heaviest conferences among the New Year Six. You know, yeah, one of the most well-represented, yeah. It, it, that, that's a good that's a good way to put it, yeah, well represented. Because you're going to have three teams playing in there, while the SEC, SEC might only have two. Yeah, um, yep. You'll, you'll probably have Alabama, because let's say Alabama wins, yeah. they'll play in the playoff, and then probably just Ole Miss getting into the Sugar Bowl. Because with the way Florida dropped in the rankings, uh, and how high Mississippi is now, the Rebels are probably going to get that Sugar Bowl spot unless Florida beats Alabama, because if Florida beats Alabama, I don't think you have an SEC team in the playoff. No. I don't know if you're going to put a two-loss Alabama team, which, as you mentioned, doesn't, I mean, I mean, they have a couple top 25 wins, but, you know, the public eye is going to still say, oh, well, they haven't played anybody. Yeah, no, no, there's no chance. I mean, you lose this weekend, you're not making the playoff, that's for sure. There's just, and like you said, because basically there's two teams uh, with their tickets punched. So it's very difficult to mm-hmm. all of a sudden try to fit in. You know, you've got four teams that you know has a has a decent argument to get in, depending on how this weekend goes. So um, it's just there's there's absolutely no chance that a two-loss a two-loss um, two uh, Bama would make it in. So uh, yeah, it's going to be very fun to watch. Um, and then another game of note is Houston taking on Temple. I want to touch on this quick, too. Houston against Temple in the first ever American Athletic Championship game. So a little bit of history here for these teams. And this game is pretty much for the New Year's Six spot uh, because both teams are in the top 25, and obviously whoever wins is going to come out on top of the other. And... I mean, Navy's still hanging around in the top 25, but Houston just beat Navy. So, for all intents and purposes, this is essentially a play-in game for, say, the Fiesta Bowl or the Peach Bowl. I'm really rooting for UH, obviously. I went to school there. It's really incredible. I wish I wouldn't have missed that by a year, and if I still lived there, obviously I'd be going to all the games. But, uh, yeah, really, really happy to see them doing well. I hope they can win this game, and... And uh, I'd love to see them on the big stage. It's it's really fun to see these pop-up teams just yep. kind of come out of nowhere. Uh, obviously, Boise State's the popular team that we all know and are familiar with. But I think UH can go to the Fiesta Bowl, and regardless who they play, unless if they end up playing a team like Bama, um, I think they're, they're going to have a pretty good, pretty good shot at winning a game. Um, they're not the most talented team, but they're a lot of fun. They're really well coached. Um, a shootout between them and North Carolina – which I don't know if North Carolina is even possible to go. I'm just kind of speculating here based off of matchups, but I think that'd be an amazing matchup if, if we could somehow get that. 
football gods, we would we would love you forever. <laughs> I actually did a run of the bowl projections using the current rankings. Mm-hmm. North Carolina is actually the first team out of the New Year's Six. Oh. Yeah, the last at-large team right now is actually Florida State at nine. Oh, that'd be a shame. I don't think they're as fun to watch as North Carolina. No, definitely not. Uh, I think North Carolina would be fun to see, you know, especially after the turnaround they've had after week one. And, I mean, yeah, lose the South Carolina loss looks bad after how bad they've played. And, you know, sure, they played two FCS teams, but, you know, you, you shouldn't really punish them. I, I mean, you know, yeah, strength of schedule is going to be an issue, but... I mean, they're still playing outstanding. You know, you, you don't just waltz in and win, what, 10 straight games in football. Uh, it just doesn't happen all the time. Yeah. So. Especially with a quarterback that last year was playing running back wide receiver. Um, play, you know, Greg Ward played a little bit of quarterback, but he was mostly just a runner with, with John O'Corn. And then eventually they just benched John O'Corn because he was so bad. And he had to transfer to Michigan. Um but, but, yeah, it's just really fascinating to see that, you know, change of head coach immediately. The, the former four-star quarterback is uh, transfer. I think he was a four-star quarterback. Um, he transfers over to Michigan, sits on the bench all year, and then because uh, he's, you know, redshirting or whatever. And then, you know, Greg Ward, who guys doesn't look any part of a quarterback. Guy's probably 5'10", 5'11", 180-pound stripping wet. Um just out there running all over everybody, making big-time passes. I mean, he is he is truly tremendous to watch. And last week, I didn't watch Navy against UH yet. Um, I know the result, obviously, but, but the two quarterbacks in that game are really fun players, Keenan Reynolds and Greg Ward. So uh, if you do catch a replay of that game or if you saw it live, I'm sure you really enjoyed it. So, again, we'll see what happens as the – as the things play out, uh, it's, it certainly would be interesting to see a team like Houston play maybe uh, Ohio State. <laughs> what, what if that happens? Is they pit Ohio State against Houston. I think that uh, that's a bad matchup for Houston. I just don't think they'd have any chance of stopping uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Um, Man, that's where I mean Ohio State's kind of like Bama right now, where it's just it's very difficult to overcome that power. Um, yeah. Unless if Ohio State, you know, gets in their own way, which happened with Michigan State. So I, I don't like that matchup for, for UH. I don't think that game would be too close. Um, and part of it is just UH is just very small on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you, you'll, you'll see that with mid-major teams um, or, you know, non-power six or whatever they're yeah. calling it. Um, it. Generally, the size of players is the big difference. Not necessarily talent. It's just size. Right. Um, and speaking of bowls, we're actually starting to fill in the bowl schedule already. Uh, one bowl matchup is actually already set. Um, it will be Western Michigan against Middle Tennessee in the Bahamas Bowl. And BYU is going to be playing in the Las Vegas Bowl. So I don't know how familiar you are with those teams this year. Uh, not terribly. Not terribly. Um, yeah. I think... I know Western Kentucky has two good NFL prospect receivers, especially Corey Davis. He's probably going to be a uh, like a second or third, maybe fourth rounder. He'll be a steal. 
if he if he lasts in like that third fourth round range, I really like him. Um, but in general, though, I not not terribly familiar with the teams that usually announce pretty early. Yeah. Um, you know, generally they're just taking a bowl just so that they can make sure they can get in one. Um, right. that, that's true. Yeah. You know they. But yeah, I mean they're all fun games. I mean sometimes sometimes you know those are the best games. Yeah. I know last year that's how I uh, I had ended up watching a couple teams I hadn't watched all year. And I think Western Michigan was one of them, even. If I'm trying to remember correctly. Yeah, did uh, they have that crazy lateral? I think was so, that, yeah. Or was that Central Michigan? I can't remember, but I, you know, I ended up watching one of the Michigans that had like, that crazy set of laterals at the end of the game. Yeah, but yeah. They lost I on a two-point conversion. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, you just never know with these games. You never know. Yeah. So, But, yeah, definitely, bowl season is definitely fun. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though. We talked about this before. The five and seven teams that are going to make it. Um, and the NCAA finally decided how they're going to sort out the five and seven teams. They're going to use APR to prioritize the five and seven teams. So that basically means Nebraska's going bowling because they have the highest APR among the five and seven teams. And they have not said that they're going to decline a bowl bid being five and seven. So I think we could say Nebraska is going to get in. Missouri has said they will not go bowling. Um, but Nebraska looks like they're going to be in. Kansas State looks like they're going to be in win or lose. I mean, they haven't said if they would decline at five and seven. But uh, it looks like they're in either way. And then maybe possibly a team like San Jose State might get in at five and seven. Now, of course... There's still a chance we have, could get three more teams to six wins. Kansas State can still get to six wins. Georgia State can still get to six. And South Alabama can still get to six. But the latter two have pretty tough matchups this week uh, to get to that sixth win. So we'll see what happens. So we're guaranteed two five and seven teams. Could have as many as five. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they deal with the five and seven teams, where they put them, do they match any of them against each other. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then one more, another bit of news from college, uh, Mark Richt is spent a very short time on the unemployment line as a coach as he's quickly nabbed up by the University of Miami. And I know you talked a little bit about it on Twitter, how... Uh, you're not exactly in full support of this move. So uh, what were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I, I didn't hate it. I, I just, you know, Mark Rick, he's a good coach. I think um, it's just, you know, this is a guy that had top five recruiting classes a lot at Georgia. And he had some dynamite talent there. Matt Stafford, A.J. Green, Nick Chubb, Todd Gurley. I mean, uh, you, Justin Houston. He had a lot of good talent there at, at Georgia. But he never got the job done. He never made it to the uh, college football final. Um, obviously, you know, he wasn't there that long as far as the uh, uh, the playoffs. So, I mean, you can't really judge him for that. Um, but, you know, he struggled getting quarterbacks since DJ Shockley and Matt Stafford. And it was just a constant issue with him. Like, they would get to this point in the season where all they've got to do is beat, like, one or two teams. Mm-hmm. And then they're in. You know, they're into a major bowl, and he just his teams never got it done. And he hired some very questionable coordinators, including Brian Schottenheimer recently, 
And I know he talked about uh, apparently he might be handling the offense himself now um, at Miami. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad hire. He's, he's better than what they had. I think he's a, kind of a safe hire. He's a, he's a good name. He's got a good reputation. Miami has no problems recruiting. I mean, that's, that's the thing, though. It's like they hired a recruiter, but they didn't need a recruiter. I thought they needed a tactician, someone who's a little bit stronger, X's and O's wise. I think Tom Herman would have been a great coach there. I think Justin Fuente would have been a great coach there. Um, even Dino Babers from, uh, from Bowling Green. I think that would have been a tremendous hire. Um, all of a sudden, though, you get, I mean, again, I think Richter's good. You're, what I'm concerned with with him is, are you going to be stuck winning nine, maybe ten games every year? And then that's it. Because, I mean, I'll tell you this right now, as an Ohio State fan, you know, as a, as a fan of another power team, that, I mean, at, at some point you've got to take the next step. And Georgia never took the next step. And you can point to Nick Saban all you want, and you can say, well, you know, you had to deal with him. Well, boo-hoo. Ooh, now he's got to deal with Jimbo Fisher. He's got to deal with Jimbo uh, uh, Sweeney. Yep, Sweeney. Um, you know they've got some other good coaches there. Uh, the Duke head coach Cutcliffe, he's another good coach. There's going to be a lot of competition there, and, and I get that they're not Nick Saban, but you're also not going to be um, afforded the same luxuries at Georgia as you were at Miami. Um, that was a, that's a big issue at Miami too. You don't have a great amount of resources and funding available there and you're also dealing with some academic limitations as well so Mm -hmm. um i just i again it's not a bad hire i don't think it's a bad hire i I think it's a nice hire i just don't know if it was the best hire right okay well we'll see what happens uh it's just and i don't know about what you think but it just seems weird to say too mark richt miami florida head coach it it is weird it it (laughs) is weird because we've yeah, I mean, yeah, I, we I mean, basically we, grew we've grown up, up with him. Rick George. Yeah. It just feels like he's been there forever. Yeah, I literally um, don't remember. I mean, I'm I'm 24. I can't even tell you who the old. coach of Georgia was before Rick. I really can't. No, no, not uh-huh. off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of, it's kind of weird to think about. I mean, that's the beauty of college football. Like we grow up, you know, like we're both 24, like you said. Um, we grow up and we're so used to like some of these coaches at these same schools for so long. You know, me. Coming, you know, growing up with Penn State, obviously, yep. you know, the only coach I knew until uh, around 2011 was Joe Paterno. You know, I never imagined a world without Joe Paterno as head coach at Penn State. Now they're on their second head coach in four years since uh, since Joe Pa. You know, and, and I mean, I've told you this before. You know, I, I can't really discredit Bill O'Brien for leaving. Penn State, because NFL head coaching jobs come, you know, how how often do they really come? Not that much. Right. So for him to, you know, you know, you have to consider an NFL coaching job, and when it's offered to you, you almost have to take it. So you know, good good for him. Now now we're at James Franklin, so it's a little bit of turnover. But yeah, a lot of these schools, it's like. You see the same coaches for like so long. So like Rick is one of them. Like, like I said, for the longest time, I'd always known him as head coach of uh, of Georgia. Even like in college basketball, it's the same thing. Like, you know, you, you just name a coach, and you just immediately associate the school with him. Mark Few is a perfect example. He's been at Gonzaga for 
you know, feels like forever. Um, but then Rick Barnes is like an example of, you know, we've seen him with the school for so long at Texas. Now we got to get used to saying Rick Barnes, head coach, Tennessee. So it, it's, it's, it's going to be really weird. It's going to take some getting used to for sure. Uh, as, as we started off to say, you know, Mark Richt, head coach at Miami. But, you know, maybe, who knows, maybe a change of scenery will do him good. But, uh, yeah, so, that's a good bit of college talk, I think, for now. Let's, uh, let's jump up to the pro. So, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Oh, it's good. It's good. Uh, watched some games. I mean, obviously the games weren't great no. last week. <laughs> uh, you know, that was kind of, kind of unfortunate, but, uh, no, it was a good time. Definitely, you know, saw some family, and uh, I live now in the area of uh, where a lot of my family is. So uh, it's kind of a nice, nice thing. A little bit different thing. We didn't have to travel for a holiday, which is super nice. So, yeah. how about yourself, though? It went well. Uh, I survived the Black Friday rush. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, we we had a great Black Friday, but I was not on your end. Um, ran into a lot of tired. Um, exhausted employees. I know that uh, some people we had talked to were out since like 6 p.m. the previous night, and we didn't go that early. I mean, we left at like 8 a.m. on mm-hmm. Friday morning. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of these poor people are out 12, 14, 20 hours, and uh, bless you, people. Yeah, if you're listening to this you and you're a yeah, if you're a retail employee, bless you. I'll tell you what, though, I had to go in for 7 a.m. Black Friday morning. I was actually surprised at how slow it was at that time of the day. I thought. You know, as soon as I walked in, it was going to be slammed. But we didn't really get hit till about maybe nine, nine thirty. Oh, okay. So you guys were like the uh, second and third stop for people. I guess so. Yeah. You know, I mean, Walmart's not that far from us, so you know, yeah, that hit up. But I think Walmart was closed overnight for a few hours, whereas we weren't. You know, we stayed open right from Thanksgiving night through Black Friday morning and onwards. So, but we got, like I said, once we got hit, we got pretty well hit so uh it, it turned out to be a fun day but uh yeah as far as thanksgiving went you know it went well uh got to see a little bit of the games obviously didn't get to see all of them but uh caught a little bit of the eagles lions game and obviously that uh that turned out to be a very ugly game yeah jeez. um are, are you worried that uh i mean i don't know what are, what are your thoughts on the season with it I mean, it's, the Eagles are almost out of it. So. Yeah, I, it's, I just can't believe that after all this, they're still just one game out of the division. Like when I, as, as, as the Sunday scores are coming in and I see the Redskins beat the Giants, I'm thinking, wow. Washington I actually didn't realize in, that. <laughs> Washington is in first place at 5-6. and six. Yeah, I hadn't realized that it was actually they were still only a, a game behind. Really? They're, wow. They're yeah, I guess one that is. One game right. back at four and seven. Jeez. I know. Washington at five and six is in first place. The downside for the Eagles though is they lose the tiebreaker right now to Washington. Yeah, yeah, they've got to if they have any chance left, they've they've got to win those divisional matchups. They have to win the last two weeks. They, yep. They almost have to. And unfortunately, and, and to be honest, they probably need to win out. Uh, or at least get eight and eight, but I mean, I think you're really wanting to and win that's out. That's going to be very difficult considering two of their next three opponents are New England 
and Arizona. Mm. Not good. Not at all. I expect them to get blown out. Well, maybe not. They'll probably lose by double digits next week at New England because you know the Patriots are angry. First, they're coming off their first loss of the season. Um, You know, the whole Gronkowski thing now and, you know, Brady's with the defenseless receivers or whatever. So they're probably not a happy camper. And uh, unfortunately, I think that anchor is going to get taken out on Philly. Not that, you know, Philly's been any good. You know, even if New England wasn't angry, Philly can't stop them anyway. Um, You know, it'll be interesting, though, to see Eric Rowe start. So we'll see how he does. But, yeah. um, And, I mean, here's how you know this this game lost a lot of luster. This was going to be the national game at 425. You know, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are going to be there. Well, now... Uh, they've moved Carolina and New Orleans to 425, and Buck and Aikman are going to be there, while Philly New England gets the number two crew of Tom Brenneman. And oh, by the way, that story about the referees that got pulled from the Sunday night game, mm-hmm. guess what game they're working now? <laughs> really? <laughs> they got shipped to the New England game. Oh, jeez. Of course. It's amazing how that works. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely... <laughs> It's just, it's just so shady. It's so shady. Oh, but they're doing a, an extraordinary job, according to Roger Goodell. Yeah, well. Yeah. No, none if you ask anyone else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you almost like, kind of had to say that. But, yeah, so, I mean, you take those two games, because I don't see them beating Arizona either, even at home, because Arizona's just so yeah. good right now. Yeah, so they're that so right explosive. There, what's that? They're just so explosive. It's... They, they really are. I don't, I don't see how Philly can stop them. So that right there is nine losses. Um, so at that point, you're almost hoping that you win the division at 7-9, and nine, which means you have to beat the Giants and the, uh, the Redskins. Now, at least if they beat the Giants, that's a season sweep. And then should they beat Washington, at least that puts them at, I think, 4-2 and two in the division. Which should be enough. Those are winnable games. I mean, it's not like those are great teams. So I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's it's going to be tough. But would I wouldn't shock me though if like if the winner of this division seven and nine, it really wouldn't. No, it, it wouldn't. Consider. I mean, you look at the remaining schedules of some of the teams. I mean, the Giants still have to play Carolina. They still have to play New England. Um, Minnesota, so it's it's very possible, yeah, that seven to nine is going to win this division. When we thought the AFC South was going to be at seven to nine, um, they're leading right now at six and five, and they currently have two playoff teams. We were sitting here a few weeks ago saying the the South is the worst division in football. They right now would have two playoff teams if the season ended today. Go figure. Yeah, I I will say though, I mean the the. Falcons are hanging on by a thread. They've lost five straight games. Um, that is not a good team right now. I, I think they're 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 probably gonna miss the playoffs, in my opinion. I think Seattle and um, I don't really know. I mean, it's hard it's hard to find that sixth team that's playing well besides Atlanta. So maybe they do hold on, but I don't know, man. I, I just get bad bad vibes from them. How well, they don't forget playing. too. You're probably looking at two. Uh... The wild card coming out of the north too, so yeah, yeah. yeah well, yeah, that's right. So, or that's right. Yeah, so it'll be C- either Seattle or Atlanta, I think, mm-hmm. for 
Yeah, see, I'm definitely taking Seattle then. Yeah, the I mean, th- they're probably going to be a team that if they do make the playoffs, they're going to be watch a tough team to beat. Yeah. Yep, watch out for them. You know, they they obviously they would obviously have the swagger of getting into the playoffs. They're, they're the defending champs, so they know well defending conference champs, so they know how to deal with the pressure. And, and also, we saw it against Pittsburgh. That's a team that that you know rallied to beat a good team, at, although it was at home. But hey. Don't disrespect them. They're still a really good team. They're still very talented, even though they're not as good as they were. It's still a team that you don't want to face in the playoffs. I don't want any part of them if I'm another team. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I agree. Especially if they can somehow climb to that five seed and have to face the NFC East champ. Whew. Yep. Look out. Absolutely. No, totally with you. And then, yeah, the and, and the AFC side, you know, like I said, the Colts and Texans tied at six and five. They right now would both be in the playoffs. How about that? Mm. Will it will it hold up? I don't know. Um, yeah. I think Pittsburgh is still a strong team, and uh, but they they have a tough schedule though down the stretch to the Steelers. Um, they have two home games left, but they come against the Colts and the Broncos, which is tough. And then they have they still have all three of their road division games. Among the last four weeks, so you talk about backloaded division schedule, all on the road, especially at Cincinnati. If the Bengals win this week and then beat the Steelers in two weeks, there's your division. Division race is over. The Steelers just have to hope for a playoff spot. And with the way Kansas City is playing, I think you have to give them the nod for one of the wild card spots. So that just leaves room for one more team. Which, so are you looking at Pittsburgh? Is it? Houston, Buffalo, it's it's tough to say. I mean, I, I still think Pittsburgh, you know, even though they do have road division games, Baltimore is, you know, without Joe Flacco, I can't see them doing much. And then obviously Cleveland, by week 17, Cleveland will shut it down anyway. So those yeah. are definitely two winnable games uh, the last two weeks of the season. So I could definitely see Pittsburgh still sneaking in there, getting one of those playoff spots. Yeah, it should be. I mean, it should be crazy. I mean, I was looking at the numbers for uh, uh, for an article that I did, and I, I I believe it was. Now the numbers dipped a week ago. I think it was 18 teams uh, with were within one game of 500. I think that's dipped down to 13 teams um, since last week. But I mean, that still means that there's a lot of teams um, in the thick of in the thick of things that can make an impact here. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's them themselves making a move toward the playoffs or it's another team uh, that they're knocking out, I mean, that's that's dangerous. Uh, you, don't have, you don't know every week. I mean, you could lose easily every week if you're a contender um, trying to make your way in. You've got to play a good game or else, you know, that's just how much parity there is in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, here we are. Anyway, week 13, um, you know, another. No eliminations yet. No playoff spots have been clinched, uh, but we are very close. You know, two yeah. teams can actually clinch their division this week. Uh, Panthers, all they have to do is win, and they clinch the South. Uh, Patriots. I th- I'm trying to think if they need the Jets to lose. Um, obviously coupled with a win, but the Patriots can clinch the East this week. So. Uh, it's starting to come into shape a little bit, 
Yeah. And I mean, even though, you know, no spots have officially been clinched, I think we can safely assume a handful of teams are going to be in the playoffs. Like in the NFC, obviously Carolina is going to be there. I think Arizona, you know, barring something catastrophic happening, I think Arizona is going to be in the playoffs. And you're probably looking at the two North teams getting in at this point too, Green Bay and uh, Minnesota. And then, of course, whoever comes out of the East. So really, like we just talked about before, it may be just, you know, one spot really up for grabs in the NFC. And you're probably only looking at Seattle, Atlanta, maybe Tampa, maybe the Giants in play. So it's, you know, not, not a lot of wiggle room there. Not a lot of margin for error for some of these teams. Nope, not at all. And then the AFC, um, New England, obviously, Cincy, Denver are obviously going to get in. And then someone from the south, probably Indy. And then, you know, again, KC, because the Chiefs, I glanced at their schedule, they actually don't, of their five remaining games, they don't play a single team even at 500, let alone over 500. The best yeah, record. and their story's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they, they're like the anti-Falcons. They, they, they are, yeah. You know, Unbelievable. One, I had written them off. I thought, hey, okay, season's done I, for I them. I think a lot of people, I mean, at 1-5, and five, it's, you know, you, you don't usually see teams. Broncos starting out, yeah, Broncos starting out, obviously, 10-0. and 0. I mean, it, I, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I, yeah. You, know, I, you just don't see that. That is so rare to see in football a team to just turn around like that. And the Texans kind of did the same thing since being blown out at Miami. Uh, you mentioned that the Colts probably win that division. I, I agree with you. Um, but the fact that the Texans are tied with them record-wise yeah. is shocking. Absolutely shocking. Yeah, it is pretty nice. And, you know, hey, you know, obviously the NFL was watching and kind of rewarded the Texans a bit because they actually flexed the Texans game against the Patriots in Week 14 to Sunday night. Oh, um, interesting. I, I didn't see that. Yeah, the Texans' home game against the Patriots in two weeks will actually now be the Sunday night game. I mean, they had to get rid of the the primetime game that was in there. It was originally going to be Seattle at Baltimore. Mm. Um, and Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, obviously... No one wants know, to see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Seattle, you know, they're playing well, but obviously you had to yank Baltimore. Yeah, you know, I, last week was... And we got lucky that, that the game of bat two bad teams, the Browns and Ravens, uh, was a great game. And it was such a Cleveland way to lose Monday. <laughs> it really was. I had my, my best friend called me right after that happened, and he was just like, you got to be blanking kidding me. <laughs> and I was like, dude, all you can do is just laugh at that. I was like, that is so Cleveland. You just uh, you can't script that. Unbelievable. Well, Here's the good thing, Browns fans. I still think you're the odds-on favorite to get the, the number one pick. I know not right now. I think the Titans are slated to get the number one pick, but I think Cleveland ends up getting that pick. Mm-hmm. And then there, I mean, you can change your franchise. You know, I know Cleveland hasn't drafted well, but, hey, it'll happen eventually, whether it's Joey Bosa, whether it's uh, someone else. It could be worse. <laughs> I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I, it can just, only get better, I think, at this point for them. Yeah. It's a talented roster, too. That's, what the, that's the shame of it, is it is, I think at least, I think it's a talented roster. Um, they just they have just, uh, just no cohesion 
throughout that that front office and coaching staff for whatever reason, then mm-hmm. maybe they end up blowing it up too. I, I guess that's a possibility. And I actually wrote a little bit about the remaining schedules between the Browns and the Titans. The Browns' schedule down the stretch is brutal. Yeah. Um, they still have to play Pittsburgh. They still have to play Seattle. They still have to play Cincinnati. They very well could lose the rest of their games and finish 2-14. and 14. Whereas Tennessee, um, they have some tough games, but their schedule is nowhere near as tough as the Browns' remaining schedule. In fact, I think this week is actually a winnable game for the Titans at home against the Jaguars. And if they do, that puts Cleveland right in the driver's seat for that top pick. And it's funny because you see this happen every couple years, get toward the end of the season. All the team has to do is lose out. But guess what? It's not that simple when you're playing and you're trying to keep a job and you're trying to earn that next paycheck. And, and again, you don't want players. I think the worst thing you could ever say about a player is that he quit or that he tanked. And and you should never expect an athlete to do that. Um, And and I'm not saying they should do that. But, um, you know, as far as the team perspective, it's probably the best thing for the team. So it's, you know, it's a tough, it's a tough spot. People are fighting for jobs, even coaches. Mike Malarkey wants that job. You know, he he wants that. He doesn't want to give that job up at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. So, it makes it very interesting. Yeah, I mean, you look at Tampa Bay last year. All you know, going into Week 17, it was like, okay, all they have to do is lose, and they have the number one pick. Yep. And Not that simple. <laughs> for how much of the game were they actually beating the Saints? Yeah. Like, it actually looked like they were going to win the game and hand the top pick over to Tennessee. And just imagine, let, let's picture that for a second. That Just imagine what would have happened if Tampa Bay had won that game. Tennessee would have sat at the number one pick. They probably take Winston. Yep. And the Buccaneers probably take Mariota. Yep. How? I can just picture, could Tennessee... I'm trying to picture how Winston could have played in Tennessee. That would be very interesting to to watch, you know. And let's say, like, the rest of the draft happens, you know, no, nothing else changes. So, like, say Winston's there and you still have um, – oh, I'm drawing a blank on his name. This isn't good. The second-round pick. For who? Doyle Green Beckham. Oh, Doyle Green Beckham, yeah. Yeah. So you have Winston throwing the Green Beckham. You've got – uh, David Cobb in the backfield, well, Cobb got hurt, but uh, you have him and, you know, whoever, insert running back here because they've gone through about four running backs. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would have been interesting to see if uh, the roles were reversed there. Um, and then you would have had Mariota throwing to Vincent Jackson. That, that would have been pretty interesting, but I, I think it's going to work out for both sides. So, I mean, you're obviously seeing the results for Tampa Bay with Winston I think Mariota's going to eventually get it together. Yeah, he doesn't have much help around him. He he doesn't. I mean, that's Uh, still a bad roster. Yeah, it's a really bad offensive line. Although I think Winston has clearly shown why he was the number one pick. Yeah. I mean, I I, I don't think it's been close. And I published an article, actually, um, before the show with my rookie rankings for the week. And, I mean, I I even stated it, and I say Winston's just far and away. You know, and it's it's nothing against Mariota. Nothing Mariota could do. It's just a matter of Winston is now, he's already adjusted to the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he's playing some pretty good football right now. You know, and I feel bad right now for people who are like, oh, well, you know, the stuff Winston did in college, you know, he. Yeah, well. 
You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I guess kind of his like immaturity are, or whatever. Yeah, people are are so. I don't know. It's just it's weird with him. And then of course, you know, the week one debacle. Well, that's why you don't. That's why. And then it felt career is a lot longer than one game. Yep. You know, I'm pretty sure he's played a little bit better. Oh yeah. Ever since week one. Oh yeah, completely different player. Which is what you expect. You expect that growth from a number yeah. one pick over the course of time. And I mean, maybe just... it was just first game jitters. I don't oh know. yeah, and I think that was part of it too. Is we saw that in the preseason as well. You know, for his first game, I think it was against Minnesota. He was airmailing all those passes. Just you could tell the guy was nervous, and it's you know it's it's a normal human response. So, but yeah, I think I think he's doing perfectly fine. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think we're going to see a lot of jumps, especially as guys get healthy into 2016. This rookie class, I don't think, has been overly that good, but there's been a lot of guys kind of hurt, banged up, not been on the field. Um, I think a lot of these guys need an off season to kind of bulk up, um, adjust to the NFL. I just think in general, rookie expectations are a little high. Mm-hmm. And you generally see that leap between their first and second and then second to third year. Um, and then, of course, throughout the course of time as well. But, you know, that's where you really want guys to prove that they belong in the NFL is that really second and third year. Yeah, and, and I keep going back to 2012, like when we talk about rookie quarterbacks. I think some of us are still kind of spoiled by Andrew Luck when he came out of Stanford and even Robert Griffin yeah. to some extent coming out of Baylor. Like we expect – these top-notch quarterback prospects, or we're looking for these top-notch quarterback prospects, but it's not going to happen. You know, you yep. you can't go out and expect to find Andrew Luck every single year. Nope. And even he had his negatives. I mean, he was a guy that, and he's still like that. He turns the ball over a lot. And, you know, hey, every guy has quote-unquote flaws. I mean, no one's perfect. Um you know, I, I just think we're a little too critical, I think, on quarterbacks, too, mm-hmm. in general. I mean, heck, look, look at what we're seeing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, this is, like, un-Aaron Rodgers-like of him. Yep. But I guess in a way he's kind of showing he's human, too. Yep. And he needs great weapons around him, and he needs a great offensive line just like everyone else. And that's okay. It doesn't mean he's a lesser quarterback. doesn't mean anything like that. Just means that hey, this is a team game, and you have to have good players. Mm-hmm. That's the point of the game is to win, and you win by having good players and good coaching. And yeah, but like I said, you know, I I think we we're we're kind of spoiled, especially you know, and we're definitely in a world where if you pick a quarterback high, you're basically almost forced to start him early because that's kind of become the expectation. And unfortunately for a lot of these rookie quarterbacks, it's hurt them. Yep. You know, it hurt guys like Jake Locker. It hurt guys like Blaine Gabbert. You know, obviously for some quarterbacks, they were ready to go out day one. But, you know, sometimes you have to be a little bit patient. You know, Aaron Rodgers is a good example of a guy that sat a couple years and now he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. Carson Palmer is another example. You know, the Bengals took him number one overall. But he didn't play for, what, a year or two, I think? Oh, Rodgers? Carson Palmer. Oh, Palmer. Yeah, no, he didn't play for one year. One year. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't remember who the quarterback was. Oh, it oh, was um, John Kitna. 
Okay, yeah, that's right. Our boy John Kitna. Yeah, good name there. I I remember him. He had some. Uh, He's an interesting cat. He he carved out a good career <laughs> in, in the NFL. Yeah, very unique player. I always liked him. Guys like him and Sean Hill. Uh, Jeff Garcia, another yes. similar type of player. Yeah, hey, I remember when Jeff Garcia led the Eagles to the playoffs after McNabb tore his ACL. Yep. That was, that was a fun time. Ah, uh, so let's talk a little bit about this week's game, shall we? Sure. God, week 13 already. I can't believe it. Uh, some of the games of note, Packers-Lions should be a very interesting game tomorrow. and it's actually, It actually should be a good Thursday game only because these teams have actually had a full week to prepare for this game. It's not a short week. It's not a short week Thursday game like we're used to. Uh, these these teams, of course, both played on Thanksgiving. Uh, Packers looking for revenge, surprisingly, after losing at home to the Lions. Um, but I, am I crazy for thinking the Lions can actually spring another upset with you know, how they've been playing of late and the Packers kind of stumbling a bit? No, no, they're playing good football right now. Packers are playing terrible football. I mean, I, I wouldn't be shocked, as, as weird as that sounds. I mean, I, I just don't know, I don't know how you can expect anything out of this Packers team. They just I thought they were back um, a week ago, and then they, they, they put another stinker out there. Um, I, I don't know who this team is, and I think that that's the worst thing you can say with you know a month left in the season. Yeah, I mean, very unfortunate for the Packers, and very surprising to see them lose at home to Chicago on the day that they retire Brett Favre's number. Um, very surprising. And I, I've said, like, I thought Green Bay would get it together by the playoffs, but, I mean, five weeks to go, you know, yep. let's see something a little bit here before we actually feel confident. You know, it's it's why I'm thinking more and more that Arizona, to me, is the favorite right now in the NFC. I know Carolina's 11-0, people. You know, you, I don't... I won't need to have my, you know, before it, Twitter blows up on me and my notification saying, well, the Panthers are the best team and they're 11-0. I get that. I still think Arizona right now is the favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Yep, I, I agree. I wrote the same thing in my article today, or, th- or two days ago. wrote the same thing, and I'm sure the comments are brutal, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't read the comments. Eh, that's but. the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, speaking of the NFC playoffs, a uh, potential preview actually this week is the Seahawks take on the Vikings. This would actually be, if the season ended today, this would actually be a wild card matchup, the Seahawks and the Vikings. Um, and it's a very, it's a, it's a fun matchup, an interesting matchup in the sense that we'll see how how much this Vikings team has grown. You know, they lead the North at 8-3, and three, but now... They welcome in a tough team in the Seahawks, um, who have been playing well of late. You know, can Teddy and company rise to the occasion uh, and prove that they are among that they should be among the top teams uh, in the NFC? I think Seattle is actually going to go into Minnesota and uh, steal one here because I don't know if the Re- Vikings are ready to uh to take that next step at least not right now down yeah. down the line they definitely could be but i don't know if their time is now if, if that makes sense yeah no i think that's a fair question 
Um, but what do you think? What's your take on this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard with it's really hard, especially with um, with uh, with Seattle because you don't know defensively who they are. Are they? We I don't I don't think they're that dominant team that they were. But then again, is Minnesota the team that can punish them for not being that same team anymore? I don't know. Um, and I think I, they still have some injuries to deal with. Isn't Harrison Smith still out? Yeah, yeah, he's still banged up. So that, that's a tough loss um, for the Vikings. Yeah, they're going to need him back for sure. Um, you know, I, I'd go with Minnesota just because I think that defensively, they are are all out of this world, and, and assuming Smith's back, um, and AP's been so good this year that I just I'm, I'm not going to go against them. You know, they've got the home field advantage. I I tell you what, though, if you ask me tomorrow, I I, I might flip flop that decision. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be a real. I think this is actually a pick 'em right now in the Vegas lines. Yeah, well, that would make sense to me. So, yeah, so I think this is going to be a real good game. Which helps, too, because there are a couple stinkers on the dock. But I guess that's to be expected. I mean, 49ers-Bears is a bit of a meh. Um, sorry to say, Ravens-Dolphins, meh. Oh, terrible game. <laughs> I don't want to watch that game at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Panthers, do they get to 12-0? and You know, I, I think that they're going to lose just a random game somewhere. I don't know where. I don't know if they win this week, but uh, I mean, road division games are obviously tough. So you know, yeah, I just I don't see this team being an undefeated team. You know, at the end of the season, uh, it would be real weird to think about if they actually pull this off. Like, because then we'll be sitting after the season, going, "How the hell? Yeah, did this Carolina Panthers team with no semblance of a passing game." Go sixteen and zero. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know, man. I just don't see it. I mean, I, maybe they win this week again. They're the better team. That's not the question, but I think they'll lay a stinker eventually. So I'll pick them to win, but I just wouldn't be surprised when they lose. I think it's a matter of when, not if. Yeah. Um, just glancing some of the other games. Falcons Buccaneers is going to be an interesting matchup. We'll see if the Falcons can. Uh can get off the schneid a little bit here and start getting back to their winning ways, especially now that they've lost their hold on a playoff spot. Uh, the Buccaneers coming off a loss to the Colts, but they're certainly still in the playoff hunt as well. Uh, the Battle of New York this week, the Jets and the Giants, that's always a fun matchup. Remember the last time these two teams met, that 99-yard touchdown by Victor Cruz? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I miss, I miss seeing him healthy, by the way. He's yeah, a fun player. Yep. It, it's it's really a shame that he wasn't able to come back this season. Yep. Um, I actually, in my fantasy draft, I actually took a stab on Cruz. Oh, I did too. Pretty did late, too. like around round twelve, because I'm thinking, well, he's my wide receiver five, and you know, yeah. if he's healthy, then that's a, that's a downright steal. No, I was actually I was with you. I was doing the same thing, uh, same thing in mind. So it's really funny that you said that. Yeah. So, yeah, hope, hopefully he's back healthy next year because we, we missed the salsa dance. Um, <laughs> and we it, it'll be really fun to watch this Giants offense with its full array of weapons. You know, I'd love to see 
a healthy Odell Beckham, a healthy Victor Cruz, and a healthy Ruben Randall. Because I think that offense could be outstanding mm-hmm. if all three of them are together. Absolutely. Um, but I think they got they still got a shot to beat the Jets. Uh, the Jets are, have been up and down, uh, but so have the Giants. So it's in you know you, you never know. And uh, you know, kind of going back quick to your point, like about the Monday night game, isn't that always where we find the good games? Is when we see two bad teams play each other. Yeah, it's, it's always it's... where we see the barn burners. <laughs> no, no, you're right. I mean, that's that's how it seems like it works. It's just, it's uh, it never it never fails, I suppose. Um, but yeah, so that should be an interesting, uh, interesting game there. Colts Steelers on Sunday night should be a fun one. Um, definitely playoff implications there as well. I mean, loser drops to six and six mm. on. And then Cowboys and Redskins on Monday night. Probably another edition of, boy, we wish the NFL could flex out Monday games. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the one I'm going to be skipping. (laughs) I don't think I want to watch that one. I mean, the Cowboys are only two games out in the division, amazingly. Uh, But without Tony Romo, I think think you could stick a fork in the Cowboys season. I think they've – I mean, it's – they very well could be in, could be picking in the top five in the draft. I think right now they sit third. Who'd have thought that going into the season? A lot of us thought Dallas was going to win the division. Now they're looking at the top five pick in the draft. Well, I mean, it's it just seems like you know it's kind of like a lucky thing for them. Um, you know, they they might still get a year or two out of Tony Romo depending on his health. I don't know if you can count on him. Um, but hey, if any roster could could use and, and immediately benefit from a top five pick, it's definitely that roster. Imagine Joey Bosa on that Cowboys team. That'd be pretty uh, sick. Uh, or or uh, even Vernon Hargraves. Yeah, Hargraves would be a nice fit in Dallas. They could definitely use some corner help. Mm. I mean, I know they took a first round corner last year, but. Uh... Even yeah, still. and they use yeah, and they use Jones all over. I mean, they've been using him at safety, linebacker, corner. They could definitely use another corner. And that'd, that'd be a pretty solid combo, Brian Jones and uh, Vernon Hargraves. Yeah, yeah, I'd like that. So I like that a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if that's how they end up going either. Uh, but knowing Jerry Jones, you never you never know what direction he yeah, he's yeah, going that's to go. True. Maybe even Jalen Ramsey and then move Byron Jones to cornerback full time. Yeah, I was just going to ask you quick about too about uh, Jalen Ramsey because it seems like you know there's a lot of talk about him too. So uh, yeah, hey, in a few weeks we'll be digging deep into these prospects and doing some mock drafts. So uh, definitely getting excited for that. Uh, but yeah, so we'll see how Week 13 goes and. The uh, final weekend of the college football regular season. It's hard to, hard to believe we're saying that. Championship weekend in college football. At this time next week, the bowls will be set. We'll be talking the playoffs and uh, possibly digging into some of these bowls. So, uh, any final thoughts? Um, should be a good week of football. I'm, I'm stuck to my couch this weekend. Um, I'm going to be watching the championship games on college. NFL, you know, 
I may be bouncing around a little bit. I really don't want to watch Miami and, and Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't just... blame you. That's <laughs> two mess teams. Yeah, unfortunately. No, for, sure. for sure. So, uh, hey, you know what? If your team stinks, welcome to the rest of the NFL because most of the rest of the NFL stinks uh, this year. And, and, hey, at least it's a good draft class. Should be a pretty good draft class at yeah. least. That's the thing. If your team stinks, well, the draft's only five months away. So uh, they'll be here before you know it. And then the 2016 season is right around the corner, too. And uh, by the way, real quick, congratulations to the 76ers on their first win of the regular season. Let's give them a round of applause. That was great. Woo! Good yep. job, Sixers. Yep. And shout out to Jaleel Okafor, who's fighting dudes in the street. Yes. Two-game suspension for Okafor. Way to go. That 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 kills the celebration buzz very quickly. Eh, at least they finally won. Yeah, they finally won. <laughs> it, it took beating a bad, another bad team to do it, but hey. Hey, it doesn't matter. A win's a win. A win is a win. That's right. That's right. Doesn't have to be pretty. And they're probably going to lose tonight against the Knicks. So one and nineteen. But uh, so we got we got the win. Now let's just focus on tanking for another number one pick, so they can get someone like Ben Simmons or I don't know. I haven't really even dug into the NBA draft yet, uh, and I probably won't for a while. I really don't even dig into bracketology now until you know until we get to january because it's kind of pointless to do it now you know not too many games to go off of and uh rpi is way out of whack you know when val when a team like valparaiso is number one in the rpi you know it's either out of whack or too early in the season (laughs) yep oh yeah so uh but in any event, uh, I think that was a good solid hour. I'm going to go enjoy my new books, Art of Smart Football and Take Your Eye Off the Ball 2.0. They didn't sponsor it, but I'll give them a free plug. Thank you, Pat Kerwin and Chris Brown, <laughs> for the awesome work. And then, of course, Ian, check out his work at uh, Draft Centric and follow him at NFL Film Study because he's obviously a great NFL mind. That's why I have him here, and because he's just a good guy in general. And if you want to follow me, eh, it's up to you. You can if you want to, if you don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In any event, uh, thanks so much, guys, for listening. As always, we really do appreciate it. Enjoy the games this weekend. Until next time, Foreen Wharton, I'm your man, Bill Rossetti. Thanks so much for joining us, and we will see you next time on GG. Take care, guys.